Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another installment of Tapcalf Transmissions, the only podcast that calls all of its episodes installments legally from now on. I'm Corey. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Justin Eckhart's Ladder. How are you doing today, Justin? Well, I'm a little worried that I'm going to forget to call one of the future installments installments. And what what's the repercussions for that? Well, you're our lawyer, so you'd be the one to determine uh, that, right? Okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? Sue yourself? Not likely. Not likely. Yeah, okay. We're good. We're good. Nice. Sue you, on the other hand. I could see that. You know I got nothing. <laughs> what, what are you going to take from me? Video ideas. Oh, that's 20 video ideas for that one. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, I don't have any of those either. <laughs> Right, well, I guess it's uh, it's technically for our American listeners. It's a Thanksgiving adjacent episode. Oh yeah, is that that's to, true? What day is that? Actually? Yeah, no, it is, it is today. It's, it's it's Thanksgiving, not adjacent. It is Thanksgiving oh, today. Look at that. Well, happy Thanksgiving. I know that I guess, because today. there's no hockey. Oh well, that's which, that's too bad. Yeah, but uh, so I read this right before starting the episode, and it's really stuck with me. The best turkey isn't even as good as an average Costco rotisserie chicken. That's agree or disagree very, i think that's true yeah turkey, turkey is inherently dry yeah i think turkey whenever i go to like my my parents or my my in-laws for turkey dinner i always i just i skip the bullshit i make a turkey sandwich like i know you're not a big sandwich guy but for me that's like that's understating it yeah they're always like what are you doing i'm like i'm making a sandwich the turkey on its own doesn't do it for me well, what what is your I guess what's your go to Thanksgiving or festive meal then? Because for us, we go for the ham instead. I mean, I don't mind turkey like my in-laws make a phenomenal turkey, especially like the dark meat. It's just like it's still not as good as the best rotisserie chicken or the average rotisserie chicken. Um, yeah. So for those wondering as well, in Canada, we have Thanksgiving, but it's in it's in October. So yeah. we had it a few weeks ago. We, we get out of the way much earlier than you guys. It's, it's so much better because it's not quite as close yeah. to Christmas. We have it in, in a nice place. And uh, yeah. yeah, it feels better to be like in that early fall time, I feel like, or the mid fall re rather than like right now where it's like late fall, even early winter. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, there's just so many cold holidays. We need, yeah. we have one in thing in Canadian Thanksgiving that's like it's only slightly cold. It's mostly yeah. warm still. Still got you got you got your pumpkins out. It's just a, it's a good vibe. Yeah, you get that. Yeah. Then you get your Halloween in there. Then it's a it's a clear shot till Christmas. Yeah, because we put Christmas stuff. Well, my wife puts Christmas stuff up day after Remembrance Day. <laughs> yeah, I mean um, we we do it like November second if we're bored. Yeah, oh, my mom yeah. used to do that. But like, people should keep in mind that Canadian Christmas is also November twenty sixth. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Jesus Christ was born on a different day over <laughs> here. Well, it depends. Uh, the Canadian Jesus is—it's a yeah. different story. Uh, Bobby Orr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess that's a good opportunity for you to plug your hockey clips channel, but. We are going to be talking about Andor tonight primarily, unless you yep. want to double back before we get going. 
and cover <sighs> the Twitter drama that we didn't talk about with Mark here. We're not so Justin is barely under the weather, so we're not going to be doing yeah. a super long episode. We probably won't be getting to questions this week. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next week, so that might even be just a general Q and A episode. We haven't done one. Yeah, in a probably while. probably be a good time for that. Uh, I don't even. That's the thing about. I knew this would happen if I didn't do it when it happened. Uh, I've lost a lot of my energy to even fight this, but basically. <laughs> So I got the hardcover copy for Convergence, which is the new, um, it's not even, everyone was saying it's the young adult High Republic for a uh, novel, but it's not. This is the, the, this is the, like the mainline novel. Um, and the back of the cover had what I thought was a pretty funny, um, quote it says, if I were not a Jedi, then I would not be who I am, which is like, I just thought it was like it's not stupid it's just like the most kind of trite kind of i called it a truism just kind of boring thing to put on a back cover yeah. anyway in the context of a conversation in the book it's probably completely fine but using yeah. it as like the advertising quote in the back of the book is just exactly. a little bit funny yeah and that's i i tweeted it like lo, like lol like what is this high republic book cover and that tweet absolutely blew up um for my standards anyway i got a few thousand likes but then at one point the high republic stands uh discovered it and some of them like listen i i can give it so i can take it like some some were like photoshopping the the book back of the book with like funny quotes about my youtube channel stuff like that's totally fine there were a couple people though that just took it way too far like this one girl completely out of her mind was like funny how you got that energy when it's a when like it's a, a woman jedi i was like what are you talking about like anyway i don't it's just people it's it's just unbelievable how completely that quote got misinterpreted and it ended up being i think quite obvious that some of these people especially the one that i got into a real tiff with were doing it to kind of bring attention to their own stuff but it was just probably the greatest example i've seen of something getting way out of hand on twitter yeah like that's what you want your taylor swift tweets to do not your star Wars yeah tweets. i've been trying with the taylor swift tweets and honestly no one's been biting like i put something out about recently about how she's like a harsh capitalist now as well as an eco-terrorist nobody nobody even bit so well I, I'm sorry. I I was really sad for you when that didn't go off because like I've seen you make a few attempts in the last couple of weeks and they're not going anywhere. Yeah, right, I know, right. I know that how much those mean to you. I have like there'll be like two or three genuine fans. Like I did, I did tweet one and there was like somebody who a Taylor Swift fan is like, my mother is a huge Star Wars fan and I hope she never sees this tweet because it would kill her. Like that one wasn't <laughs> even. I one I just felt sad about so. Yeah, I think I'm done. I think my feud with Taylor Swift is over for now. No, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, but. the thing I think that the, the the context that's missed between uh, people coming after you for nonsense interpretations of your tweet and you going after Taylor Swift, is that Taylor Swift will never actually read those things. If Taylor oh, yeah. Swift was actually the person on the receiving end of it, then that's just mean she's a real person too eco-terrorist yeah. and uh horrific 
pleb-killing capitalist that she is, but the only people who are going to see it are people who are name-searching her to go after yeah. people who are even slightly criticizing her. It's the exact same thing with fucking Elon Musk as well, where he has a bunch... Well, he'll probably see anyone tweeting about him, but yeah. he has a bunch of people who fucking name-search him and talk about how no one's ever criticized their boss before. Yeah, Elon Musk has completely went off. He spends all his time now just, like, replying to these weird far-right weirdos on Twitter. It's just... He's just lost it completely. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, if I were actually harassing Taylor Swift, yeah, that's not a good move. Um, although she is an eco-terrorist and a brutal capitalist. Um, <laughs> but regarding the High Republic stuff, and you po- you pointed this out, I didn't realize this. Like, we've given like we've read all the big High Republic books. We've given them all positive, uh, positive reviews and stuff. I understand people are protective of the High Republic partially because like they did get. Um, you know, shit on quite a bit, especially at the beginning. But like, you got to be careful because like you're almost proving people right. Like, like when you are reacting that way to any little bit of even a light joke, it's it's like that's not helping. You know, the perception of High Republic stands. It's it's just hurting yeah. it. I mean, it it kind of goes both ways. Where like there's uh there's an assumption among the uh a lot of the High Republic stand Twitter that anyone who's criticizing them is engaged in all these other bad faith criticisms. So therefore, like you say one bad thing, you're all part of that as the person who went after you was kind of demonstrating saying like, yeah, uh, like basically blaming you for stuff like the, uh, the commentary on Riva that yeah. we were both very strongly against on, like we talked about that on the podcast and how disgusting the treatment of Riva's actress was and how the, uh discourse around Reva's character had some really unnecessarily negative elements and you even said like Reva was your favorite new star wars yeah that was that was really frustrating she's like y'all did the same to Reva and I was like what are you talking about y'all like I I loved Reva yeah she's like oh so now you like one black person so I'm like what are you talking about like yeah that was that was to me the like I'm gonna fully admit it I didn't even know who wrote the book when I tweeted that thing out I I opened the package for the the high republic or because we get the books and uh, i opened the package i didn't even know what it was for i just saw the back cover and i tweeted it like yeah yeah anyways twitter is ridiculous and then there's the people who like got into the drama on the other side seeing the high republic people going after you and saying a bunch of transphobic shit thinking you'd be on board with that yeah don't do that no fucking yeah i don't want you to do that please even if like even if I didn't care about that thing those issues and you know trans rights and things which I do it's like you're making me look bad you're 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 winning the argument for them like yeah. that don't do that like I've said that and like the same thing happened with the Wikipedia scandal where like a scandal that's too harsh a word but <laughs> where like I had a legitimate grievance with Wikipedia and how they were treating one of their admins. And I end up having to essentially drop it because it got too fiery, which sucks. Um, because, you know, it means that, like, if I can't lay criticism without people going wild, then, like, yeah. you know, I, I can't talk about bad shit when it happens. Yeah, like, it always ends up descending into bad faith character assassination where any me it's the same thing with, like, any media criticism in Star Wars will eventually yeah. turn into fire everyone involved in this thing. They're terrible and we should dox them. 
on yeah. one hand versus anything you say that's even marginally negative now means that you're part of that problem as well. Yeah, and for sure. Both of those are just the most fucking frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. yeah one of those like, I do think is actually significantly worse than the other, but they're both annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You're, you're right that it feels like there's sometimes not a whole lot of room for nuance, I guess. And that is really frustrating. Uh, where I, you know, I've had the same thing where like one day I'll be accused of being a fandom menace guy. And then the other day I'll be, cause like I, I was critical of something. I the next day it's, Oh, I'm a shell because I like the high Republic or, yeah. you know, and or whatever. But yeah, it, it's one of the things that's been annoying with Andor as well. I fucking love the show. I'll happily defend it if people want to like talk about it. But there's also been a response of like, if you dislike it, it's because you're stupid mm. and you only like vroom vroom flash flash. Like, okay, if you only like vroom vroom, even if we take that as the premise of you only like vroom vroom flash flash lightsaber go swoop, then <laughs> who gives a shit? You find that entertaining, good for you. People yeah. saying like you're an idiot if you don't like Andor is just, I, I find that incredibly frustrating as well. Yeah, it's another situation where like, you're not helping anybody out. Like you're just alienating people. Um, yeah. And I agree. Like I still, as much as I think Andor is like probably as good of a show as you could possibly make in the star Wars universe. I still probably like Mando season one more because it kind of reminds me more of, you know, why I fell in love with star Wars as a kid. But like, you know, it's just like, it, I don't know. It's, I've, I've seen a lot of that online and you tweeted earlier. And I agree that like, some of it is bad faith on like the other side as well, where it's like, I'm just going to, you know, basically make it my personality, not liking something yeah. and not really engage with it meaningfully, which there definitely is a lot of that. Um, so yeah, the, the context of that is like, there was someone who was initially coming out in a very negative position on Andor and they were like, oh, well, I don't want to be negative about Andor all the time, so I'm going to stop making content about it for a while. But then they announced their return to making Star Wars content by talking about how they were going to do a big video on how bad everything is for Star Wars, which to me comes across as saying, I stopped covering Andor because my negative coverage didn't get the response that it usually does. And as soon as I'm confident that I'm going to get the support that I am going for by making videos in this tone, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. Like, if your complaint about Andor is that there's, uh, for example, if someone were to say the problem with Andor is that there are, for example, just making up a, a wild one here, buildings made of bricks or you see a screw on something, I would consider that a bad faith criticism that has no bearing in Star Wars and is just made up to have something negative to say about the show or to try to justify the fact that you may not like it, which would be perfectly valid, but are incapable as a human being of saying, this is not for me. <laughs> Yeah, I think it'd be better if people would just if you, like I, I agree if you don't like it, I think that's fine. And like, it, I guess it is sometimes hard to maybe put into words why that is. Um, it's just I don't know. It, it I it with the finale, it was just so positive. I wish that that was kind of what got amplified uh, versus all the you know. Yeah, there's always sure. there's always BS and. Like I, I don't want to. I didn't want to focus on the BS. You know, same with you. But I'm sure. I <laughs> but I, I no. I, it's something that like I think of a lot. Where I think, especially people in our positions trying to make content about something, 
Mm-hmm. The the knee-jerk reaction isn't just to say, I didn't like this, or even to try. It's not even about like whether you can find a way to put it into words or not. Yeah, It's about trying to frame whatever response you have as being uh, based on an objective thing because you're trying to project protect your image as... Uh, as someone who comments on these. So if mm-hmm. you're saying something that is an opinion rather than something that you can argue for as fact, then mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel like they're going to lose credibility. Whereas mm-hmm. like, if anything you believe is subjective, even if that's your opinion on a piece of art, then they think that this just undermines them and they kind of need to go head on. And I, I think both of us probably experience this to some extent as well. Uh, like I think everyone in any kind of position where people are going to be reading or listening to their thoughts on stuff has that some level of that pressure applied when they're writing out those thoughts or expressing those thoughts so Mm -hmm. it it just gets really difficult for people to say this is my reaction this is my reaction based maybe just on my tastes rather than this is my reaction because there's this big objective flaw that i found which is why my Mm -hmm. opinion is the correct one Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people listening to that type of content who are only looking for that kind of opinion and who who are convinced that anything less than a fully objective take on the quality of something is useless so they have to pretend that a subjective take is an objective one yeah that that's a good point i will say though um even with that i i think there's been a lot of pushback from just average viewers and people on twitter and whatever else against kind of takes like that. Like, I don't think they've been gaining the same widespread support as, um, you know, uh, you know, takes would for, I guess there weren't, weren't as many about Mando, but obviously like during the last Jedi, you could say anything negative about the show, paint it in whatever way. And it would get a ton of support. I'm seeing a lot more pushback from this. I mean, it was there at the start of, uh, Mando as well, and then it it started dropping yeah. off more as it became clear that uh, most people were at least moderately positive on it, and there was more of it in uh, in Kenobi or Book of Boba Fett. But like it 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 was more about the framing of everything mm-hmm. than necessarily the responses people had. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's fair. Like it, it, when there's no, I'm not even gonna go there. But anyways, <laughs> what did you think about the what did you think about the finale then? You, you Yeah, probably it? the probably the best episode, I think. Um very emotional. Uh I we've talked about this before, but we got screeners for these ones, which yeah. is kind of weird because we didn't for any of the other ones, uh besides for the first four. At least yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it's possible we were getting them the whole time That's and true. we just never checked. But uh, this was the first one. I, I watched the finale so many times. I actually I wore out the the access that you get. Like they wouldn't let me watch it anymore. Uh, <laughs> For that that's the first of times. Yeah, and which is weird because I didn't actually think that that would go down, but apparently it does. Um, but yeah, great finale. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, the the Ferric stuff got the most attention, but we also saw a pretty big change in Mon. Mon- well, not really a change, but a kind of a a stake put down in Mon Mothma's story where she's fully setting up Perrin now to take a fall. Yeah. Um, like Mon Mothma is, is throwing, and I, I think my opinion on Perrin's changed a lot throughout the season where at first I was like, this guy is, is a douchebag, maybe even evil. And kind of as, 
as the season's gone on, I've realized more and like, no, he's he's kind of just like a dumb, like a, he's kind of a dumb idiot, but like, I don't think he's that bad of a guy overall. Like he's kind of a, he kind of lets the bad things happen, but himself, I don't think he's that bad. And that kind of really changed how I felt about Mon Mothma. She's throwing him under the bus, like under Imperial scrutiny, and she knows that's gonna, it's going to happen. So I I actually I did a clip about this and uh, I actually don't think that she's necessarily putting him in danger for what she's doing. She's putting him under scrutiny just for mm-hmm. the gambling debts. But if it turns out that that's what he gets investigated for, then at most he's going to look like kind of a fool. Like he's not going to he's not going to be personally in danger from that. He'd be at most in danger from shit Mon Mothma mm-hmm. was already doing. But I called this an ice cold move from Mon Moth, and I got some pushback on that because he's not being put in any direct danger through it. But I think if you look at the reasons that, like, if you look at what Perrin cares about, what he thinks he cares about, he's ignoring mm-hmm. all this other stuff that has horrible impacts on other people because he mm-hmm. cares about his own comfort. And I think he does care about his family's comfort. Him and mm-hmm. Mon Mothma are clearly not communicating very well because she's trying to start an underground rebellion and they have very different values. But I don't think. Like as much as he is indirectly a dick to her, I don't think he's mm-hmm. setting out to uh to hurt her. So when Mon Mothma is coming to him in the car there and basically setting him up that way, yeah. uh coming at him with that information, then like I think he is really kind of floored by that and it probably yeah. really hurts him. And that's yeah, why I sure. think it that's why I kind of framed it that way. As like as far as he's concerned, he does seem to really care about Mon Mothma and their daughter, as much as he may be frustrated, unreasonably in my opinion, with her positions on issues in the Empire because he just doesn't care about other people. But if you try to look yeah. at it from how he's probably approaching it, that must have been like incredibly confusing and devastating for him. Yeah, and one thing that I uh, like I did notice is that his demeanor was kind of similar to when she had accused him of things in the past mm. uh, and the ease of which she was able to lie, like convincingly lie to him and set him up that way. Um, like it's almost like emotionally abusive in a way where like she is, she, you know, people use gaslighting <laughs> uh, kind of willy nilly, but she is essentially gaslighting him here. Um, and I, I agree that it's maybe not putting him in, direct harm with the empire but we do see that um there there is a a scene with the isb right before they do the 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 krieger op uh, or the post the post op rather where the isb agent is basically saying that listen he him having gambling debts is our ticket or our in to mon moth like it's our way to maybe bring her down so perhaps he's he's being opened up to more kind of shenanigans that way but i agree that he's not in like he's not in real danger unless they can figure out where the money is going and there's probably bigger issues in that case yeah like i i still think even though it it puts him on their radar which is never what you want like it even in that scene they're not talking about him for his own sake it's just yeah that would be our intimon mothma so i yeah like they probably wouldn't care about taking him down in some way, uh, yeah. politically or physically or whatever, if it would mean getting to her. But that was probably already the case before. This is just giving them more of an opportunity to get at her. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. 
Either way, I agree. Ice cold. And I, I did feel for Perrin there because you, you're right. You could tell that he's like, he is hurt by the accusation, especially where it sounds like, you know, the gambling was something he dealt with in the past and yeah. he promised to be better. And yeah. Yeah. It'd be like if he had a drinking problem and had been dealing with that effectively and then had her come at him for going out binge drinking and and he knows he hasn't he thinks she yep. knows he hasn't and then he's thinking does she really think i did this and yep. that for for what his values are that would probably really hurt yeah so poor parent sure. but he's also he needs to broaden his horizons maybe a little goofy fuck <laughs> The the trickier one is going to be Lita when that comes more in, where like the the kind of out there or the uh, the twist they're trying to give it to make it more of an unclear moral zone is that Lita is like very into the traditional Chandrillan customs. Yeah, and how culpable is Mon Mothma for going along with that rather than had she just forced her into it in the way that he she's kind of doing with Perrin here? Yeah, that was. And that is kind of how they ended off the season almost with, with uh, Lita meeting her new probably husband. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting how that develops into the next season. Did you realize who the husband was? No. Who? Foreign horse. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that works, but I'm, it might. No. It, it's another Chandrillan family, right? So unless yeah. Mon Ma or unless Corin, he'd be the right age, actually. No, how old was he in in Kenobi? He's like twelve, I think. Okay, so not quite. Yeah, little too. He's a little too old. Yeah. Uh, I, I did like that scene with the ISB afterwards as well, because like showing just straight up how much the Empire, how much the ISB is focusing on placating Palpatine. And his position yeah. on things, rather than actually trying to do what their stated stated objectives would be. Yeah, I, did you also notice? It seems like since the show has started, that uh, excuse my voice crack. Since the show has started, that um, uh, what's her name? Dedra has gotten quite a big promotion. Uh, just like the way Partagas is talking to her during the meeting, where he's almost mm -hmm. being like almost deferential. Yeah, that's a good um, point. yeah, or like. He's like, listen, we could have waited. Like, he's calling her to explain why he didn't wait, basically. Yeah, um, he sounds almost apologetic when he could yeah. just say, shut yeah. up. What do you mean? You're my fucking lackey. Like, yeah. why would I wait? Like, Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he does at least understand the some element of the gravity of what they're doing, even if he doesn't know the downstream effects and how could he. But, yeah. like, sure, Krieger's important to do, but they already had the resources there to take him out. They could have paid attention to other things at the same time. I definitely thought when listening to, cause that happens, I believe right after the, the, the scene with what's his name's monologue, uh, his recording. I thought that might result in just the way it was sounding. I was like, okay, they're going to save men to save Krieger. Like they're going to send people to save Krieger. Like they're going to make the decision to not mm. sacrifice him. But Nope. Thought we'd see Saw get uh get all fucked up or something. Well, I don't know. I was just I was expecting just something, but I'm not disappointed it didn't happen. I just with the way it was talking about like oh little rebellions and coming together, I thought that they were gonna choose not to sacrifice those people to do the non-imperial thing, but they didn't. 
Well, how many people like would that. ultimately know? It's just Saw, right? Like Luthen and Saw? Yeah, I thought Saw... I, I guess I figured Saw would send his send a few X-Wings or something. Yeah. But, nope. Oh, well. It's, it's funny. All the, all the Andor, like, key art has, like, the characters standing with, like, X-Wings flying by. We don't see a single X-Wing fly the whole show. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not yet. That's true. It's like the the B two, like it's like him standing in front of an X wing flying by. It's like <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't happen. Not yet. Yeah. What if what if B two is R two? What if he gets put into a new body? We've never seen R two before this point, have we? No, of course not. Yeah, imagine B two trying to save the fucking um, B two and his high anxiety trying to save the Nabu Star Cruiser as it's <laughs> flying out the blockade. Oh, poor little B2. I, I was convinced he was going to die. Like, when he got knocked over there, I was like, oh, this, this is where he ends. But that's the thing I love about it. They they treat him as one of their own. They drag yeah. him to safety, and he's fine. He He's going to survive the whole series. He's going to become uh, Chancellor of the New New Republic after Episode <laughs> 9. Only I loved things. The, I loved how he was, like, he was sing, singing along with the chant. I thought was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, he was, like... He was beeping and bopping his head. It was very cool. Um, but yeah, that that whole... Uh, I love the... I saw some people complaining about the Star Wars marching band. I thought it was great. Star Wars music has always been pretty much just regular music with like that silver or like with thingies on it. Um, so I thought I thought it was really good. Uh, it, did a, it did a good job of making the planet seem more than just... Because, you know, a worse show would have had Andor leave Ferrix and, like, maybe focused on his mom a bit, but, you know, <coughs> had something unfortunate befall the planet. And this, they spend so much time that the characters really feel like a community. Yeah. And it's like, even at the end, like, I'm bad with names. So, like, I, I know Brasso's name and Bix, obviously, but, like, even though I don't know, I'm like, okay, that's the communication. That's the guy who owns, like, the communications place, or this is the mm -hmm. guy that owns the shipyard. Or that's the kid whose whose dad was killed earlier on, um, and I just I just thought they did such a phenomenal job, and little things like the the sisters of Ferrix, um, just it really made it feel like a real community, and that's that makes the uh, uprising all the more impactful. Yeah, like that's I think I think if they didn't do that, if people were complaining about that, that kind of misses the the whole thesis of the show almost. Yeah, and I think that's what Luthen also misses out on. Like, because his plan with Val and Sint is that they're coming to just eliminate Cassian while the Empire finishes off with their uh, cracking down on this funeral. Nothing big is going to happen. But, like, yeah. Luthen should really realize that for what he's trying to incite, like, this funeral, this garrison, the kind of people that are there are exactly what he's looking for. Like, if he was paying more attention to the human element, then he probably wouldn't have been there in the first place. Like he's getting a little bit too caught up in uh, his own personal angle of it all. Yeah. And obviously we're like, I don't think he's disappointed by the fact that they do that. He looks really happy at the end. He obviously doesn't kill Cassian when Cassian gives him the opportunity, but the fact that they hadn't really accounted for by that, he seemed almost surprised by it uh, kind of shows to me, I think like, the idea that Nemec has a better idea of what's ultimately going to be the Empire than Luthen or what 
what's better to take its place. Even if like, obviously what Luthen's doing is necessary, he's still missing out on some elements of it. Yeah. I didn't really know what to think about Luthen because at, you know, during the speech, they spend a lot of time just focusing on his face and it seems like it's really resonating with him on some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Marva's saying, but you're right. It, he is, you know, his whole thing since early on episode six, maybe, or even earlier was like, we need to show people that the empire, like we, we can't let them strangle us slowly, basically. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I feel like maybe there was a moment where like at the end where he's, he's leaving after the firefight breaks out or the slaughter rather, it's only one side has guns after the slaughter breaks out, he's looking back at Ferrix on fire. And I, I do feel like, he was hit maybe by like, this is what the human side of, mm-hmm. you know, all my so-called pragmatism is, you know, it's, it's like old women being shot and children being shot. Um, so I do feel like he, uh, I do feel like maybe he, I don't know if he had regret, but I, I feel like he probably has a better idea of what, uh, what the, the real kind of impact of what he's doing is. Yeah, and he's probably kind of aware at that point that, like, this is replaying around the same time in another part of the galaxy with Krieger and people who similarly believe in what he's trying to accomplish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I kind of wonder if we're going to see him fall off a little bit more in season two, because we know he probably, we don't know, but he probably doesn't make it to the end of season two. He's not in... Uh, that Rogue One council or uh, rebel leadership meeting that I that I saw at least, and like, does Clea end up taking more of that, more of his position as he gets a little too caught up in certain elements of it? I saw someone post that uh, that Luthen could be Aaron Kraken, and they look really fucking similar. I t- <laughs> and Kraken is obviously an intelligent agent, intelligence agent. Like, if you were going to cast a young Aaron Kraken, like, you would have done a perfect job with Stellan Skarsgård. Now, that being said, I don't think that's actually the case, but it would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's anyone else. I don't think he's a, a Jedi or a Sith either, which has been kind of the, the big thing going around. What What's your yeah. thoughts been on that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I will say, I was ready to write it off completely. I saw Charlie's video and I was I was like, why did he make this? And I watched the video. I was like, okay, you know what? There's there's some stuff. There's some like smoke there. Uh, no, I don't think he. I don't think he's a Jedi. Yeah. I mean, especially when you factor in like the the props in the store have been mostly just yeah. art department sneaking stuff in that Tony Gilroy wasn't aware of. Yeah. So unless he like decides between seasons to rewrite parts of it so Luthen can be a Jedi, I don't think that's going to be the case. His salt shaker is definitely not a, a lightsaber. Yeah, I'm I I I'm I'm curious to see how they're gonna because we've got twelve episodes left now with season two. And apparently it started filming a couple of days ago. I don't know how they're gonna wrap everything up with like this feels like there's still so much left unsaid. Um and kind of the season ends as well with Luthen and Cassian going one way, and then all of the kind of the real instigators of the Ferrix riot going the other way. Mm-hmm. I, I wish like I hope that's not the last we've seen. I don't know the kid's name, but the guy who makes the IED, you gotta love that kid, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's the son of the the other guy who got uh, hanged, I believe, for not um, for not giving them information. So well, he he got a brain blast. 
first. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got Jimmy Neutron brain, brain blasted. <laughs> they they should someone should make an edit where Doctor Gorst is Jimmy Neutron <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, that could be good. Or Jimmy Neutron's friend, the chubby one, maybe Carl. Mm. Yeah. All right. Someone get on that. I so I mean I kind of thought the whole the thing Cassian's working on is for the Death Star was in the same category as Luthen being a Jedi, and I am a little disappointed that I was wrong on that because I would have I just kind of thematically would have preferred it to be nothing like yeah. just part of the necessities of the them widgets. nationalizing a bunch of industries that had to be centralized to keep the empire running rather than being mm. uh, part of the Death Star's construction. But, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, one complaint I, I saw a lot of, which was really stu- stupid, and for what I agree on that, I would have probably preferred them just to be building widgets, uh, or like like someone said, you know, they're putting them together in one place and assembling them in another. But um, I uh, the one complaint that I saw a lot of is, how is the Death Star this, this far done? For one, the super, la- super laser takes a long time to finish, and for two... There's no indication that the that the post credit scene happens at the same time as the show. Like, yeah, it could no, be happening really. at any point. Yeah. And like they've had plans for that thing since uh, episode two. So, who knows when they even started it? Like, it's the exact same thing as the end of episode three. Like, is that scene? Yeah. At this, like, right at the end of episode three, or yeah. is it ten years down the line? It's very unclear. I saw this really funny joke or meme that I think I've talked about on uh, the podcast before where it's like Tarkin and Krennic and it's like all the lines from Rogue One is like it's like Krennic and Tarkin and Tarkin's like I want to see a full test of the battle station and and Krennic's like dog the dish ain't even in yet it's like (laughs) you can see like it's true it's like kind of ridiculous if you actually pay attention to the movie He's like, yeah, the dish ain't even in yet. <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. If someone could find that meme, I'd really appreciate it. But that's what I was thinking of when watching uh, that scene. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Empire is so unreasonable. <laughs> I also saw another funny meme from uh, Kyle Katarn, who's another Star Wars content creator. Uh, and it was uh, it was like a, it was a WWE like intro thing with uh, Brasso uh, and the, the quote was, and here comes Brasso with Marva's fucking ashes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the amazing WWE intro. If she could choose any place for her brick to be put, it's in the face of some Imperials. Yeah. Okay. Here's the question. Should the bell guy have used his hammer to knock the stormtrooper down? That's what I was expecting. Yeah, me too. To the point that I've like rewritten the scene in my mind where that is what happens. I can even imagine it. He like he hits the helmet, it cracks, he falls down. Um, yeah. Oh well. Maybe next time. Maybe. I I do really like also that the thing that kind of kicks off everything is that they go after B two. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. They, it's like you kick a dog basically. Yeah, you're you're not getting away with that. No. But overall, what's your what's your Andor thoughts now? Are are you you're you're still keeping Mando season one above it, you said already. Yeah, I suppose it's like they're both S's for different reasons. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, S tier show a million times better than I could have possibly hoped. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna try to be more open next time 
a Star Wars show comes out that I feel not interested in. Mando was also another one where I didn't feel that interested in it before it came out. Um, but yeah, phenomenal show, excellent finale. Sucks you have to wait so long. Yeah, that's that is really annoying. How many things are doing like new season every two years now? Yeah, it's like the new like premiere television style. Yeah. Um, I think Mando season three is going to really benefit from that. Um, and I'm sure Andor season two will as well. Well, with with Mando, we even got like two episodes, three episodes of The Mandalorian anyways with Book of Boba Fett. It's true. Yeah, it is kind <laughs> of crazy to me that like this year has already been what we had uh, man or we had Book of Boba Fett, Kenobi and Andor. And it seems like that's going to be low for upcoming years. Plus, yeah, we had right. Tales of the Jedi, but I don't really count the Jedi. Yeah, all released at once. But yeah. Yeah. So next year, I know we've played this game a million times. Next year, we have not Andor season two, like I, I, I said last time we played this game, because I figured it would be next year. But we, we do have Mando. Uh, we've got uh, Bad Batch, which I'm actually quite excited for. Yeah. So that'll probably be 24 episodes, right? Yeah. It should be similar length to the last season, at least. Yeah. And that'll um, overlap with Mando for a significant portion, I think. Yeah, so what else is coming up next year? Uh, Skeleton Crew, Mando Season right. 3, uh, Bad Batch, and I think like all of that is just the first oh, half of the year. V- Visions, Visions as well. Season 2 as well. Um, is the Acolyte supposed to come out next year? I think that's 2023. I think that and Andor, which is, I'm going to really like 2023, I think. Or 2024. Our, I was going to say next year is 2023. Yeah. <laughs> um, Acoly- maybe Acolyte is 2023, actually. Hold on. The Acolyte. The cast list for that we haven't talked about, but it's got some good names Oh, yeah, the it. cast list for that is great. Uh, Carrie and Moss. I mean, yeah. come on. Squid Game guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Begin filming in October. Um... <laughs> Eight episode season will be released. If it's filming in October, I'm going to guess uh, probably next, maybe next December. Maybe, but like it's been filming or Andor was filming for quite some time as well. Yeah, actually. And like I said, season season two of Andor just started filming now. Yeah. Um, and they're saying it's going to go until until uh, next summer with the release in this subsequent year. So, yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't expect yeah. that soon. I feel like they've said before, but that that can't be the case. Yeah. Because it's not on Wikipedia. Is it on Wikipedia? Nope. It doesn't seem to have any Yeah, it doesn't seem to have any release date anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I got the idea that it'd be coming out. Uh when is Ahsoka? Is that gonna be I don't think we know about Ahsoka either. I imagine Ahsoka Ahsoka's says twenty twenty three. Oh, really? It will air exclusively on Disney twenty Disney Plus in twenty twenty three. I kind of thought Ahsoka would kind of be like a book of Boba Fett thing, where uh, it would kind of serve as a season three point five. But mm. hmm. well, if uh, if Mandalorian is coming out so early in the year, then like Ahsoka could yeah. be later in the year, and that could be how they're handling it. Still, really curious to see whether we get a book of Boba Fett too. I mean, they had the what the the badges for it, the crew badges or whatever. But that yeah, might have just I, been 
I hope we do, but I just feel like there's so much potential for it. Yeah, we could do all the things that we thought Book of Boba Fett might actually do with the character afterwards. I mean, yeah. He's kind of set up now, but I think we all thought it'd get further for the character than it did in uh, first season. Yeah, there just weren't enough in the way of stakes. Um, which, uh, again, I really, really enjoyed that show. Um, partially, I've said this a million times, so I don't want to say the same thing too much, but I, I just thought it was masterful set design, masterful special effects. Uh, I, ju- I just thought it was great in terms of that. And I thought the characters were fun too, so hopefully season two can improve. I like I For me, Book of Boa Fett is in hindsight i'm enjoying it a lot more than uh kenobi so okay yeah i I might have to do a rewatch of a lot of it in the next little while especially the first three episodes they they're a lot like mando um where they've got like that kind of fantasy western charm to it so good yeah but there's no lizards crawling up mando's nose that freak me out so that drops it a little bit that's true that's true and there is that sand beastie fight too Look, we're going to have, what, a month and a half of no shows on where I need to figure out clip ideas, so <laughs> I got to rewatch something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But maybe one of these days there will even be a movie on one of them, but oh well. Who knows? We're supposed to get Rogue Squadron. Maybe that'll happen someday. Don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. All right, well, I think that's all the talking we're going to do for the night. We're going to let... Justin, go and get his beauty sleep. Recover. Yeah. Next yeah, week, I'm, di- I'm dying in this fucked up country ass town. <laughs> Next week, we'll probably be doing a Q and A episode. We'll confirm on that uh, sooner or later, and let everyone know what we end up deciding. We're still going to be taking a a bit of a break on the books as both of us try to get our other projects get our going. shit together. Yeah. Yeah. I I've had actual history reading for the first while. I'd say while. like the new year might be a good time to to aim to return to reading well we'll we'll see yeah because there there's like a bunch of big releases coming out in books like are there uh, yeah uh i hear that george r R. martin is getting really close on winds of winter (laughs) he's edging us again (laughs) did i ever tell you i I think i've told the story before but i read the first five game of thrones books the five or song of ice and fire books and I skipped the show. I was like, I want to finish the book first. Little yeah. did I know, of course, that. Yeah. yeah, I was doing the same. Like, I I think I started reading the books around the time A Dance with Dragons was coming out. I think that's the last one. Mm-hmm. Around, which is close to when the show started airing. And, like, I was in, like, second or third year of university. And my friend from high school came up, who I hadn't seen for, like, four years. We were talking about whether Jon Snow was alive or dead. <laughs> and that was like 10 years ago now. I have not talked to him since. But there's yep. still no no new book. I will say, I did watch the first two seasons of the show. They were really phenomenal. Um, and that's kind of... Like, I think I watched the two seasons first. And then I was like, this is so good. I want to read the books. Yep. And then now I'm, in the, now I'm in the weird limbo, especially where I know the show kind of falls off hard. Well, yeah, it's, it's a shame they never made any seasons beyond those two either. The, the show yeah. seems to, or the franchise just seems really bad at actually... One of the great, great mysteries. Yeah. But anyways, 
Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Remember, leave us reviews on any platform, including Audible, and we'll get to those reviews next time as well. Uh, send in your questions for next week. Tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com. No E. T-H-P-C-A-F. T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S. At symbol G-M-A-I-L dot, that's a period, C-O-M. Or check the description. Crushed her, buddy. Yeah, so thanks again, everyone. Any last words, Justin? Nope. Sorry for the uh, the sickness this episode. But here on 